Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. The President of the United States has been impeached for now only the third time in history. The President of the United States should be tried. And the question is now whether Senator McConnell will allow a fair trial in the Senate. That's House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, who led the Democrats' investigation against President Donald Trump. For just the third time in American history, the House of Representatives has voted to impeach a sitting president. The charges? Abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Democratic Congressman Mike Quigley of Illinois' 5th District was one of the 230 House votes in favor of impeachment. Here he is on the House floor during yesterday's debate. We are on the precipice of the 2020 election, and Congress has ultimate responsibility to protect the sacred equalizer, our right to vote. Congressman Quigley is a member of the House Intelligence Committee. We checked in with him in Washington, and he started out by giving us a sense of what it was like in the room. Obviously, tempers flared occasionally. Uh, It's an emotional situation, uh, and you're doing something that is extraordinary. You're impeaching the president of the United States, obviously not something that should be taken lightly. But, uh, you know, I think the headlines I saw that were accurate is that the mood in the room reflected polarized partisan mood of the country. Well, and we heard one phrase from Democrats over and over yesterday, no one is above the law. And your party seems to be as unified as ever on what you see as the president's high crimes and misdemeanors. But Congress has never been more divided. How concerned are you about that and what it means for governing moving forward? I think I was concerned about that even before this president. And there's a number of reasons uh, you could lay the blame for. Part of it's, I guess, how we get the news how Americans feel about important issues. So I'm concerned. Uh, At the same time, we are passing legislation out of the House. Some of it today will be on a bipartisan legislation, legislation dealing with the state and local tax measure that we're trying to bring back. We're going to pass a trade deal today on a bipartisan basis. At some point, we will get out of this uh, extraordinary dark tunnel, which I, I describe as this administration. We are going to have to remember that there's more that unites us than divides us, and we have a lot of work to do, and we have to build at least enough of a coalition to move forward effectively. What have you been hearing from your constituents as this process has moved forward? My district's a little different than uh, several others that we were reading about in the past weeks. Uh, my district was way ahead on impeachment. Uh, and would have liked this to have taken place probably a year ago, or at least when the Mueller report was presented before the American people last July. Now, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi isn't committing to sending the articles of impeachment to the Senate, and that's the step needed to convene a trial. Why hold off? The analogy I heard that I think was was most appropriate was if, if a prosecutor had a grand jury indictment, and knew that the fix was in at the trial level. They had no responsibility to bring it forward until that situation is rectified. And you heard Lindsey Graham and, and Mitch McConnell say that they, they are not objective and that they were coordinating with the President of the United States on how it should proceed. Uh, somehow this is like a, a judge or a jury member um, or someone else involved in a trial 
sitting down with the defendant and saying, how would you like us to do this? Uh, it's extremely inappropriate. And I think there's at least some basis, some minimum level of what they should do. Specifically, is, what would you need to see specifically from Senate Republicans to... Well, I think a commitment to uh, what they're expecting in terms of evidence and testimony would be a start. Uh, there are thousands and thousands of documents which the president has kept from Congress despite lawful subpoenas. There's at least 10 witnesses they didn't allow to testify. Mr. President, if this is a indeed a hoax and a witch hunt, uh, then give us your exculpatory evidence. Uh, let Mr. Mulvaney testify. And to John Bolton, uh, he described this as um, a drug deal. He didn't want any part of it. He described Rudy Giuliani as a hand grenade. Sir, if that's how you feel, come tell the American people. Uh, apparently, he's planning to do this with a book deal. Well, will history remember you as a person who stepped up when it mattered to tell the truth and what the people should know about this president of the United States and how he extorted a vulnerable ally who was at war with an adversary? Or did you wait until it was time for your book to come out? But Congressman, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said earlier this week, as as you alluded to, that he is not impartial about the impeachment, uh, that the vote in the House was a partisan one, that he expects the vote in the Senate to be just as partisan. He's been pretty clear about his position. How likely is it that you think his position and that of other Senate Republicans will change? Well, he's talking about two different things. Uh, The vote ended up taking place on a partisan basis. But I do think the process was not. The the Democrats and Republicans were equally involved and equally allowed to ask questions of 35 fact witnesses over days and days of testimony. So I think the process was fair here. I can't guarantee how they're going to vote at the end. But to a larger extent, uh, the jury ought to be the American people. And the American people deserve the right to hear everything this president did. If they don't have a right to get rid of the president in the impeachment process, they have a right to know exactly what took place and whether or not that would add to their decisions on whether to get rid of the president in November's election. Are you at all concerned, however, that voters will see Speaker Pelosi holding on to the articles of impeachment And read it in a different way. Read that as this was just a partisan action. There was no real expectation of a trial in the Senate. So why did we go through this process? Is that a concern for you? I think people can take any of these things any way they want and spend it any way they want. I was there the very first day in intelligence briefings when we were told that the Russians were attacking the electoral process for the upcoming November election. And I've been as active and involved as I'd suggest almost anyone in seeing what took place. Uh, So I think our responsibility is to get the facts out there to the American people. The the truth has to be known. And if we had not won back the House, people would never have found this out. If there wasn't a very courageous whistleblower, people would not have found this out. And for all those who testified, the cream of our diplomatic corps who spoke truth to power, if they hadn't done that, the American people wouldn't know what took place. I think that's the base minimum we owe them. However this plays out, you know, I'm, we're not going to get to two-thirds. I get that. But for the people who perhaps haven't made up their minds, 
the small percentage that decide all elections, they need to hear all this. Let's recall, the last election was decided by the electoral vote differences in three states, which oh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. They could That difference was probably a, about the amount of people who could fit in Soldier Field. So we're not... We're not trying to shift the president's base. That's not going to happen. But for those folks in the middle who at least ought to be able to make a decision based on the, the facts and what the president did, uh, that's important. And, and finally, let's remember this call to President Zelensky took place the day after Special Counsel Mueller testified before the American people. This is a president who felt, oh, I got away with it. And the next day, frankly, the only way to describe it is he went on to higher crimes and misdemeanors. He's never been held accountable. And unless we at least try to do that, I think he will do, I, I suspect, higher crimes and misdemeanors if it's possible. Well, your colleague, Representative Ted Lieu of California, said, and I'll quote him here, whether Donald Trump leaves in one month, one year, or five years, this impeachment is permanent. It will follow him around for the rest of his life, and history books will record it. Congressman, was that the ultimate goal for Democrats, considering there may be no real chance of removal? I think it's part of it uh, that this president needs to be held accountable, at least in terms of his reputation. But I would fall back to... uh, this will have consequences for the president, I believe, in terms of election. I think the people's perception of this president in this light is one of the reasons we won back the House of Representatives. And again, uh, this, the policy differences. Let's remember what he did by uh, limiting military assistance to an ally at war besides uh, destroying our reputation and the trust that might be there for our other allies, he imperiled them, and therefore our own national security. So I I think there's multiple reasons you hold this president accountable. Uh, What my friend from California was saying was just one of them. Reset will continue to check in with local representatives as the impeachment process moves forward. In the meantime, turning to some holiday cheer this weekend. The holidays are a time to be with our loved ones and unwind a little if you can. But it's also a great time to explore new places, events, and restaurants in your city. And Jen Sabella has recommendations for you on what to see, hear, and eat in and around Chicago this weekend. She's the co-founder and director of strategy at Block Club Chicago. She kicked things off with what she looks for when making weekend plans. A lot of it revolves around eating, to be honest. <laughs> um, my wife and I have been trying to like eat from home as much as possible and cook. So when we do go out, we try to be strategic and get the most bang for our buck and get something really good. Okay, so we're going to circle back to things to eat, but let's start with things to see. You have a recommendation for folks who want to go out and see Christmas lights. Tell us about it. Yes. Yeah, so I know it's been going on for a couple months now. My Block My Hood, My City, a great organization run by Jamal Cole on the South Side. Um, he works with kids all over the city, just trying to get them exposed to different experiences. And this year, he has like recruited more about a thousand volunteers to come down between 51st Street and 115th Street and decorate King Drive, South yeah. King Drive, which is just amazing. Um, and I'm planning to go see the lights. So I, I saw some photos on the online, and they look great. Mayor Lori Lightfoot was out there last weekend helping out. 
he had so many people just sending lights to him. He started an Amazon wish list and people from all over the city, all over the country contributed. And he was just like, you shouldn't have to go downtown to get a nice little festive holiday experience. So maybe pack a thermos of hot chocolate, bundle up and go see the lights. I love that. Okay, your next recommendation is Happy's, and this is a pop-up at the Chicago Athletic Association Hotel. Tell us about this one. So I love grandpa bars, like wood paneling, (laughs) and I I love it. I I always have, um, it's kind of where my wife and I met like 12 years ago, uh, dive bar life. The Athletic Association Hotel is beautiful, and every year they turn part of the space into Happy's, which it has wood paneling. It's just like red carpet, but it's so festive and so cozy. And they have bar snacks and cocktails and they have different events every night. So over the time they've done like bingo, they've done like something on seasonal affective disorder, like a a conversation series. So the bingo is coming up Monday. So Monday the 23rd. And I'm going to try to hit that up. But um, it's, it's still open with or without events for drinks and food. And it's a great beautiful building that's been restored by Land and Sea. It's, it's worth checking out even just to walk around the hotel. That's Happy's at the Chicago Athletic Association Hotel at 12 South Michigan Avenue. Definitely a grown-ups event, but yes. then you also have Lost Lake in Logan Square in Avondale. Tell us about this one. This is another grown-ups event, um, <laughs> but actually kids are welcome on the weekends uh, at Lost Lake during the day when they're open, but it is a tiki bar, and they do they do mocktails as well, and they have really great food. But they go all out for Christmas. So they decorate and you feel like you're in a tropical holiday paradise. So it's very colorful. Everyone's very nice. And you get some drinks out of a pineapple. Great spot for after the mall if you're really stressed out, dealing with a lot of screaming kids. Very fun. Okay, so that's Lost Like. It's at 3154 West Diversity Avenue. Okay, let's turn to here. You have some music performances for us, starting with one at the Metro. Tell us about this. Yes, so um, Dead is a Chicago band. They're so great. They have like a surf vibe. songs are amazing. I highly recommend checking them out on Spotify. Um, a couple of my favorite songs are Lucky and Sunburn. And we should say Dead is spelled D-E-H-D for folks who might yes, check them out. exactly. I think there's probably a metal band with the other spelling. But um, <laughs> they're opening <laughs> for White Reaper on Saturday. And tickets are only $16. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dead's played around the city for the last few years. But I highly recommend you check them out. Their new album is out. And they'll be playing songs from that. It's called Water. And it's just dreamy and comforting and one of my favorite albums of the year. Sounds like a good escape from cold weather. Maybe you can just sort of feel like you're drenched in sunshine for a little while. Exactly. It's very like California vibes despite them being from Chicago. (laughs) You can get tickets at etix.com and that's dead and they're playing at the Metro this Saturday at 8. That's 3730 North Clark Street. Okay, you also recommend the Cosmic Country Showcase. This is a winter special at the Hideout. I'm intrigued. So the hideout is my favorite place on the planet. It's just such a fun community of people. And actually, the band Dead, one of the performers in the band, works there. And it's a lot of like bands come out of there just from playing with each other at events like this, uh-huh. like these these small events where they'll, they'll, they're going to be doing funky country covers, and it's independent performers from all around Chicago. They're all local artists, including Tensi, who is a singer-songwriter, Jess Showman. Uh-huh. 
just heard of her in the last few months and she has a beautiful voice. It's very, it's kind of sad singer songwriter stuff, but that's my jam. So <laughs> and she'll be doing some country covers and poet and singer Tasha, who's performed around town over the years as well. She's really credible. She'll be performing and Alex Grelly from the Grelly Duvall show, which is a really popular comedy and like variety show at the hideout. And Grelly Duvall performs elsewhere as well. He'll also be performing and he's a riot. He's in actually Dead's music video, which so I was. connections. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the hideout. It's always a good time. And it, it gets raucous in there when they have these like country events. So <laughs> you can find out more about that event at hideoutchicago.com. Now, you have another recommendation in River North that's tricky for a hear recommendation, but just explain what this is about. So I was thinking about things to hear, and it's actually, since it's the weekend before Christmas, there's not a ton of concerts going on, and a lot of things are going to be very crowded. I was thinking, you know, you can go to the ballet, you can go see a comedy show, but a lot of tourists are in town, and I was like, you know what I want to do is just be quiet. Yes. Um, so last year for my my best friend's birthday, we went over to Air, which is a spa in River North. They have these all over the world, actually, and they have all these pools, and they're different temperatures, and they have saltwater pools and heated and, and chilling pools you could take a dip in. And it's this quiet space, and it's very mellow, and they have deals for like $200, which is a lot of money, but you get a 45-minute massage and then 75 minutes in the pools. And if it's a snowy day, you can go into this hot pool and kind of you go under this little bridge and you're outside and it will be oh. snowing and it's, it's beautiful and you're in the middle of the city. It's just very peaceful and I know I get stressed around the holidays. So yeah. I, if you want to, are looking to treat yourself, it's it's a really nice experience. And there's no talking. There oh, is wow. no talking. I was shushed multiple times when I went with my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to enjoy listening to the sound of silence, this is a great recommendation. So it's Air, A-I-R-E, Chicago, in River North. And you can book appointments at beair.com. All right, finally... The main event, the thing that you look to do, the thing I love to do, things to eat. What do you have for us? So I just saw this again the other day, some New York people tweeting about how deep dish pizza isn't real pizza and it's terrible and blah, blah, blah. And I, and then they like try to shame Chicago. And I'm like, you clearly know nothing about Chicago because that's not what people eat here every day. It's right. just a misconception. So I always try to recommend my favorite tavern style pizza places. And I love visiting these places in the winter because I can wear large sweaters and not feel bad about eating a lot of pizza. <laughs> and just because they're cozy. Uh, my number one favorite is in Beverly. It's Fox's on 99th and Western. I grew up going here and ordering it from my Nana's house. So it has a a place in my heart. It's a crispy cracker thin crust with a sweet sauce. And they have friendly yet sometimes salty waitresses in a really cute little spot with like an old fashioned neon sign out front. It's just great. Everyone I've brought there has been head over heels for the place. Wow, that sounds like a cool place, yeah. Yeah, that's that's down there too. And also Baracos, as I have to mention both because I love them both so dearly. They're also our tavern style square cut pizza. That one's in Mount Greenwood on 3047 West 111th Street. All right, now you have another spot in Albany Park, um, Lebanese food. Tell yes. us about this one. So Semiramis, I heard about this from a friend of mine 
when I was talking about how I love mint in my salad, which is popular Middle Eastern food, but my friend was like, you got to go to Samaramis and try this salad. Their house salad is delightful. So is their chicken shawarma, their lentil soup. Mm-hmm. They have hummus, dolmas, falafel, just great Middle Eastern food, really great prices. It's a BYOB spot, family-run business. I just I love it, and I try to tell everyone to go there. And it's the kind of place where if you have people who are vegetarian, people who aren't, it's easy for everybody to eat well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So your last recommendation is a West Town spot, been around for a long time. Tell us about Flo. So Flo was like the first brunch spot I ever went to in on the north side. When I moved up here from the south side, I would go there in my 20s and I'd get Bloody Marys with my friends and we'd share French toast. And it, still, every time I go, I'm like, this place is so good. They have great like chilaquiles and huevos rancheros and the best breakfast burrito in town, in my opinion. They make three different kinds of Bloody Marys with different hot sauces and just great like Mexican and like Tex-Mex food at night as well. So their brunch is great, but so is their the rest of their menu. And how long have they been around there? Since 1999. Okay. Yeah, it's like a woman-owned business and it, it's a really cool spot and everyone there who works there is great. So if it's somebody's first trip to Flo's, I mean, what do you recommend for that very first brunch there? I always split the Fruity Pebble French Toast and the breakfast burrito. So I get the sweet and the savory. So that's like a deal I make with my wife when we go. It's that's like we're going to do this plan. negotiation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it for today's Reset. You can stay connected to the show on Facebook and Twitter. We're at WBEZ Reset, and I'm at Jay White Pub Radio. You can also leave us a suggestion for a segment for the show at 888-915-9945. That's 888-915-9945. But that's all for today. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.